welcome to another episode of Eat Shit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and almost never, but sometimes, very rarely and occasionally, food. You like I did that a little bit different? I did. Uh, that's John D. Change it up sometimes. Uh, this is Jared. That's John D. And we're playing board games. Trying to change it up there a little bit. I get it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, my mic is real hot right now. That's uh, woof, that's a spicy take. So we were doing a quiz thing out okay. of a quiz book the other day. And one of the questions was, what does... We were? No, my, my nephew and my, oh. my family. Well, one of the questions was, what is a Fortnite? And I knew what it was oh. because of our intro. And Jeremy... Forknife, the board game? Jeremy kept uh, insisting that it was um, like 30 days. And I was like, no, it's 14 It's days. 14, yeah. And I, and I was like, I know that because Jared insisted that we use it for our yeah. intro because it's not a word that's used often in the United States. Well, it is now because... It's used a little well because of the game. Fortnite. Fortknife. Um, it's it's a more common word in the UK. Yes, yes. Four score and 27 days ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hey, what are we talking about? Solo board games. Solo board games. Playing okay. with yourself. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, alternative titles were, um, you know, when I game by myself, I prefer to game alone. Yeah, yeah. But I like playing with yourself. Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to bleep that out. Do you want to talk about board games? Sure. And sometimes food? Board, yeah, let's do it. Well, this one is sometimes food because there's a food involved. There is. Well, there's a food in the name. Yes. We started out with Strawberry Ninja, which is a one to four player game. I really can't imagine it at more than one player, but <laughs> I don't no. really ever want to play it again. Uh, so the good things about the game. Johnny, who's this game by? Who? Uh, Strawberry Studios. That sounds right. You know, I should probably pull these things up, huh? Uh, right. Or I could look at the game. Eh, it's fine. Strawberry, whoops, that's not right. Strawberry Studio. Strawberry Ninja by Strawberry Studio. So I want to start out with saying that there are some good things about the game. It has a cat meeple. I love the cat meeple. And the art is very nice. I, it's beautiful art, which I think is why I think it was a Kickstarter game. And yes. I think I backed it on Kickstarter solely for the art and the cat meeple. Pretty sure that's what pulled me in. Okay. Uh, I probably won't ever play it again. I don't. Um, yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. So the way Strawberry Ninja works is you set up a three by f- a four by three grid of cards, leaving one spot open, and one of the cards is the Strawberry Ninja, and you have a cat meeple that you place somewhere on that grid, and then each turn. You move two cards. It's like a, you know, those sliding puzzles that were really popular a long time ago and maybe still are. I don't know. I don't go to Chuck E. Cheese, but like. It's kind of like that because you can only move cards that like in reference to like where that empty spot is. So after you've moved two cards, you get to flip over the second card that you moved. And if it has something on it, you resolve whatever it says to do. And then you flip over a movement card, which moves your cat. And what you're trying to do is find the Strawberry Ninja and then pounce on the Strawberry Ninja with your cat. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's a bad game. It's just not a game I like. I can see like kids really thinking it's a fun game, trying to figure out the puzzle of how to get your cat to the ninja. Yeah. Um, I did not love it though at all. And I will never play it again. Uh, so I have a few problems with it. 
I know how they could make it better. Um, put more game. So, so the problem is the movement cards. Let, There's only just, four of let's them. Let's just call it what it is. The problem is the movement cards. Yeah. So you slide your, you do your little slide puzzle and then you flip over a card and the cat moves. Now I understand the cat moves, yeah, the cat moves randomly. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's just whatever card you flip over and that's fine because it's a cat in the rules. You're not supposed to change the order unless one of the cards that you activate tells you to shuffle them or to rearrange yeah, them. In like some once way. you flip a card over, you put it on the bottom of the deck, like face up, and then you're just going to keep doing the cards, uh, the movement cards in the same order. So theoretically you could be like, all right, I know what this is. It's up, down, left, right. Fine. Right. Um, you can try to plan your movements based on the order that your arrows yeah. are in or whatever. I honestly think what they should have done. There needs to be more. There needs to be more of them and you would have a movement deck. Yeah. Either that or they could have eliminated the deck altogether and just had a random die. That was that could like, work too. You know, if it lands on this, you move the cat. You know, it, I mean, that would have worked just as well. I just shuffled them because yeah. it doesn't matter. But it, there were four <laughs> movement cards and that was just, I think that really made me just go, this is dumb. So I felt like that was the biggest issue with the game. Yeah. Everything else I can see, you know, it was a little bit of a puzzle trying to, you know, figure out the best way to, to move the cards and move the to hoping the cat would get there. But I don't know. It just didn't scratch any itches for me. No, it didn't do anything. Yeah. But the art is great. It's beautiful art. I'll give them that. I like to try to think of something good even about games I don't like. So. Yeah. Um, I like the art and the cat people. <laughs> so, yeah. Strawberry Ninja. It's it is available if you do want it and you want to try it. It is available on on Amazon. It's not that it's a bad game. It's just it's it's a little bit too simple. Yeah. Now, I understand, you know, you've marketed it as a cooperative family game. 20 to 30 minutes, I think, is what it is. Yeah. So here's my thing with the whole like cooperative family game thing. I really think family games should be games that the kids like to play, that the adults aren't going to go, oh, my God, if I have to play that game again, I'm going to, you know, murder myself. Yeah. And I don't feel like this game fits into that. The kids would like it, but the adults after one play are going to be like, I don't want to play this again. I mean, it's not as bad as like shoots and ladders or Candyland. No, but it. It's not necessarily true to say that there's much more going on than there are in those in games. In those games, I really don't think there is. Like, it's the same level of, here's a thing I'm doing. But, you know, if that's the kind of game that you want to play, then great. It, uh, it, it's exactly that. Right. And I'm not going to say if you like that kind of game, then, you know, that's fine for you. You do you. Um, and try this game because it's pretty and it's cute. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't say much more than that about it. Yeah, me either. Okay. Now, the next two games we want to talk about both have an interesting design in the fact that they are meant to be played without a table. You just play the whole game with cards in your hand. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're kind of lumping them together. Well, I I think um, it's... They both have that, that intent. So the first one is Palm Island. So, Jared, what do you think of Palm Island? Um, I guess we can describe what it is first. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Palm Island. You're I, building your... It's a resource management game. Yeah, you're, like, trying to build up your little village, basically, on the island. And you do this by 
having the resources to unlock better cards and that the you know unlock the things that are going to give you victory points for the end of the game. I like that you told me to describe it and then you took it away from me. Sorry. No, that's fine, John D. I'll just remember this for later. Okay, that's um, fair. Okay, yeah. So you you activate cards, you turn them sideways or flip them over. You, you basically you can manipulate their orientation. And why would you want to do that, John D? Well, let's take the first card that you're likely to see in your hand, Logger. Yes. So for free, you can rotate it 90 degrees. To make it a resource. To make it a resource, to make it a log. And if, let's say, you have a couple of those and you come across quarry, well, you can spend those logs to get a stone from the quarry. Um, I guess thematically, you're just chucking logs at a rock wall until some of the rock breaks off. Are you pull, are you pulling it out for reference to look at exactly what quarry is? I'm, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's too log, but I could be wrong. Now this game can also be played. Um, yes, what with you're other gonna, people. Yeah. There's, there's, there's enough for cards. two people. Well, and there's extra cards like combat cards and stuff mm-hmm. that you can put in if you do want to play with other people. But it was designed with the idea of basically being a solo game. It is for one or two players, but really it's for one player. Yeah. Um, um, so like Quarry. Yes, please look at the card ex- exactly to tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, quarry oh. starts out. Johnny's throwing the cards because they're very yeah. slippery. They're plastic. At least the ones uh, that yeah, we have are plastic. They're plastic. I really like that about them. Now, uh, my, my box is uh, has a sticker on it that says plastic cards. So Mine does too. It may not always be plastic. You may be able to get them as... I, and I like the... Pl- I think a game... A game like this is designed to go with you places, so I like the fact that the cards aren't going to get ruined if you spill yeah. something on them or you drop them. But anyway, so Quarry, for example, uh, in its uh, in its starting orientation, you can it, it isn't a resource at all. Right. So you can either spend two logs to to rotate it so that so that the it's a resource next yeah. time you come across it, or you can spend two fish. To flip the card over. They throw fish at the quarry. And then at that point, then you would be able to turn it for free to get a rock, or you'd be able to turn it again to get two rocks for free. So the cards are basically four-sided. I have the sound turned on. Wow. Um, But yes, it it is a lot of, all right, I rotate the card, move to the back of my pile. The position of your cards is extremely important yes. in this game. You have to make sure that you're keeping the cards in the order that they're supposed to be. Um, even when you use resources. B- blowing up your phone, John. Yeah, well, I have the sound off. I don't know why it's doing that. Um, so even as you as you have the resources um, saved, you can only have four resources saved at a time. And you you manipulate those in their spot. Yeah, and like that, they don't ever move out of their spot. That is not fun. Keeping the four cards. Yeah. Trying to trying to orient them and keep them so you can no, see them. No, trying to remember that you have to build that temple and n- realizing that you are never going to have the resources for it. I did. I just had a lot of bad luck. I mean, you have to make sure you unlock some of the resources that have like two or three yeah. fish or two or three But if stone. you get a bad shuffle... Because you can't reshuffle once you've started. Right, right. So if you have just a bad shuffle And to there start is that with. randomness in it. Um, the, now, the game that I played where I got 37 points, I that one I did well because I had my chief. Uh, he's on the back of the C outpost. Mm, yep, I and, didn't I didn't have that going on. Yeah, I added the chief. So, and he, I managed to get him to where um, I got one victory point for each housing mm-hmm. arrow that I had. And so that really helped a lot. Um 
You don't necessarily... So, yeah, I really liked using the chief card. Yes, because the villagers are optional. Yes. Are you sure that's on silent? Yes, look. No, I believe you. It's just... uh, I believe that you say it's on silent, that I... It is making... I don't... I don't know why it's doing that. Yeah, I don't know. But... So there's... As far as I know, I have seen three different boxes for this game. Mine is a magnetic flap box. Jondi's is a normal box. And I've also seen, you know, when you go to the beach, the little things that people have to keep their cigarettes in because they don't want their cigarettes to get wet. But for some reason, they still want to be able to smoke at the beach in the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Like if you go to a water park and people are like, I got my cigarettes in here. I got my money in here. Yeah. Like a lanyard situation with a box on the end of it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this game. And in fact, um, one of the things that the game has to keep you wanting to play it, since it is a solo game, basically, and this was kind of a cool... Uh, you c- you get to basically... Sorry, she's flopping all the cards around. I am. And I ag- again, they're plastic, so they will just kind of fly all over the place. Yes, they will. It's like when you have freshly sleeved cards and you try to put them in a stack and they just fall over, except that they're constantly doing that. Yeah. So there are feats in the game that you don't start with. And when you're done playing your game, there are certain conditions that you can that you have to meet to earn the different feats that you can add to your deck for the next time you play. So I've already earned one feat because I had uh, more than 35 points, I think. Uh, I, th- I thought the feats were cool because it gives you a reason to keep challenging yourself to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I liked that about it. So, you know, the next time I play, I will. So some of them are there's the statue of trust. You have to score at least 30 points. Yeah, I didn't do that. Um, I think my best was 25 because I just had real bad luck with the yeah, shuffle. Like there's strength of spirit. You have to upgrade no temples and have at least 30 points. So I, you know, I like the fact that these feats are in the game to kind of give you an extra challenge so that every time you come back and play the game, you're trying for something else and you're trying to add different cards to your deck to make it better for the next time you play. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. And I also like the fact that they included, I don't know if they did with your copy, but with my copy, they included these little square cards. Yes, I have those, yeah. For dividing up the different parts of the game. Yeah, like I think we have the exact same cards, but we have a different box for some reason. I'm not sure why your box is different. Maybe it was just a different printing. Like, to be honest, I thought there were only two boxes, the box that I have and the plastic thing. I had never seen that one before. I don't know. Yeah, it might just be that it's a later yeah, printing. Yeah, because I just got my copy um, mm. in December. That might be why. Um, but I really like the, because the cards, there's even one set up for if you need to put the game down for now and come back and play it later, there's even some cards to set up, like you put these next to what your stored resource wa- were, and then you can put your deck down and, down and come back to it later and know what resources you had stored and such. So I, I, that was an extra forethought on the publisher's part that I thought was really cool. Um, it's by Portal Dragon Games. And I, I don't think they've... I don't think they've done anything else. Could be wrong. I guess I could look, couldn't I? I'm looking right now. Um, it looks like they have done a couple other games. Now, whether or not those are released yet, um, let's see. It looks like one of them, two of them are. 
So they were Pick the Lock and Zephyr, Winds of Change. And then there's Planetoid that is a 2019 release. I think they were showing Pick the Lock at their booth whenever I was at um, PAX East. And it looked pretty cool. But Palm Island was really the one that I was interested in. And I'm glad I've played it. I'm glad that we decided to do this episode that gave me a reason to get it out and play it. Because I might have continued to put it off because I never... I wasn't really into the whole solo board gaming thing to begin with. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that we did this because I'm glad that I've played this game. I liked it. Solo games for me, and I believe for you as well, kind of seem silly. Just the idea of you sitting at a table by yourself. And I realize like Palm Island and Maine's Quest, you're not sitting at a table necessarily, but just the idea of setting up a board game to sit down and play it by yourself seems... And I kind understand where the appeal might be. Like, uh, my husband knows a guy that does, he lives kind of way out in the middle of nowhere and doesn't have people to play with, but he loves board games. Sure, so sure. So the solo games are great in those situations or in situations where maybe there's a married couple and they have they have kids and they can't get out with their friends very often and one of them doesn't like board games and the other does. Or they're taking turns taking care of baby or whatever. So I can see lots of situations where board game solo games are... Uh, appealing and in the chain because i had to do this for this episode i'm actually i actually find some appeal in some of these games and i can actually see why i might decide to sit down and play some of these um on my own when i'm just watching tv or whatever right but having said that um i'm not going to play any of the solo campaigns for gloomhaven me either but i won't play any of the campaigns for gloomhaven (laughs) period so yeah That's true for you. But, you know, just the idea of playing a board game by yourself might seem kind of silly. But, you know, for some of these games, they're they're good games that otherwise you wouldn't necessarily get to play. And I'm glad I did. Some solo games, as we've done our research, um, aren't. um, How do I how do I want to phrase this? Um, aren't enjoyable for some of so, some of the solo games aren't games. They're activities like a, a lot of the lists and uh, recommendations that I got were like, oh, have you have you played that choose your own adventure game? And I have. I don't think of it as a solo game. It's either a cooperative or solo activity. Because really playing the game is absolutely no different than just reading the book. Yeah. Yeah. There's no penalty for like dying and having to go back a couple uh, and, and restart. No, it just says I mean, like, just, try again, go back to go back to step this, 37. Yeah, like, and I'm not saying that it doesn't have its appeal as well to, for nostalgia's sake and such. I, it just isn't a game. It's no different than just picking up the book and reading it. Right. And that's not to say that when I played the choose your own adventure game, I definitely had fun. I did have fun, but I think that was because of the people that I was playing with and because we were, kind of just we, we realized how it wasn't a game mm-hmm. and so we were just like all right whatever fine. Yeah, let's just yeah. treat it like it's a role-playing session where we don't have a dm we have these cards telling us what right. to do that fine. makes sense um oh there's a monkey playing a banjo or whatever it was that's weird uh oh yeah the the, the animals that were yeah yeah the role that. player in me says don't go anywhere near that right Right. But I felt that way as well. <laughs> but obviously the game wants me to go investigate that. Right. 
Yeah, the role player me was like, oh, that's either a quest giver or that's trouble. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to games that were. So Maiden's Quest is the other game that is designed specifically to not use a table. Yes. Uh, in Maiden's Quest, you are a princess who got tired of waiting for people to come rescue you from the tower. So you're fighting your way out yourself. That seems like a pretty cool concept. Yeah, I, I, I like the concept. Like the story of the game is is pretty cool, I, I think. Yeah. And m- the mechanics of it are... I think they're unique. I, I like the idea yeah. of the mechanics. I liked the game. I won't go as far as to say... Of the games on this list, it was not my favorite. It wasn't my But it my also least wasn't favorite. my least favorite. I enjoyed it. I actually think I will play it again. Um, and try some of the different princesses and the different uh, monsters and such. Um, the game suffers from really awful rulebook. The rulebook is bad to the point where the like quick start guide, first of all, doesn't teach you how to play the it's game. It's wrong. The quick start guide is wrong. Um, the pages are printed in the wrong order. Um, it doesn't. I mean, the full rule book is fine, whatever. No, it, it tells, it's bad. No, no, I mean, it, layout wise. But oh, it, layout it actually tells you how to play the game versus the quick start rules that forget that the, that's not how the game works. Yeah. Now, my problem, I didn't. I never looked at the quick start guide. I went straight into the rule book and I was reading it. And the first several pages, I was like, okay, this rule book is telling me what all these different icons mean, blah, blah. blah. I, I don't understand what this means in context to the game. Right. So and, here's what I would say. There are some great tutorial videos. Just go straight to them. Absolutely. Because like... Just go straight to them. I had a lot of questions when I was... The first time I played through the game that the rulebook does not address at all. So then I then watched another video to see if they addressed it and spent time on BGG. So... If you want to try this game, and I th- and I, th- I think if you're interested in a solitaire type, you know, fighting card like dungeon fighty card game, this is fun, and this might be the game for you. Don't be deterred by a horrible rule book. Um, talking to you, whiz kids. Um, give it a g- still give it a go. Just go straight to the how to play videos and BGG. Don't don't bother with the rule book because the only thing I found the rule book useful for is. Uh, referencing what some different cards did that I couldn't remember. What I would recommend, um, this is my personal opinion here. There is a, a YouTube channel called beyond solitaire. Yes. I watched that. That has video. some pretty comprehensive. I mean, th- their how to play video for this is half an hour long. And I watched the whole thing. Um, th- they've also got a few other solo games on there that, you know, it's worth checking out. It is. That's the channel that I would recommend for these, for these video rules. Yeah. Rather than, you know, like some, some guy. And I think that the way the the way the game addresses what level you are and what monsters you have to fight, I think, is really cool. So when you're setting up the game, you pick your princess and you pick the big bad monster, and then the back of the princess card tells you what cards you put into your deck for her, which would include like. Uh, what items she has, what dress she wears, what heirlooms she has for her family, uh, what, how much her health cards, like what health cards she gets. And then on the, the back of the monster card does the same thing. It tells you how many of each type of quote-unquote obstacle you're getting, and they're in levels. So there you get a certain number of level zero, a certain number of level one, level two, and level three, and level four. And then 
you also get two, like, what are they, heroes or something? Like, basically uh, helper saviors. guys. Saviors. So, I think that's what it so is. So you get two of them, and you get a certain number of treasure. And then you shuffle it all together, and as you go through the deck, you're supposed to go through the deck, like, one card at a time, and you're going to seller, they call it cellaring, car, any cards that go to the back of your deck, you go th- cycle through until you come up to an obstacle. If the obstacle is your level or below, you have the choice of either fighting the, the obstacle, fighting the monster or the door or whatever, or running away. If you fight it, you then fan out five cards with it, and you have to just meet the things on the main car, on the obstacle. So you have to have a certain number of symbols on the cards that you fanned out. Um, if you decide to run, you, you have to decide before you, have, before you bring out your fan, if you decide to run, then you fan out your five cards, you downgrade one one of the cards, and then they all go to get they all get cellared, and you continue moving through your deck. Downgrade sounds like a bad thing, but and it actually, isn't always. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good. Well, as far as I'm aware, the only way to find an exit is by downgrading. Yes. Yeah. Um, and some of the cards actually get better the first time you downgrade yeah, them. Yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of like, oh, did you have trouble? Well, here's a little. Yeah, h- and I a- liked that. Um, but then if you have to downgrade them again to their, like, their lowest, then they're, they might still have something that's helpful, but they're also, some, a lot of them will also hurt you. Yeah, like, oh. Uh, You're mm- going to cut yourself on this broken slipper, or. Yeah. Oh, this this gave you a sword. But um, that wasn't enough, so you downgraded it. Now it gives you a sword and two swords. Let's say it gives you two swords. Oh, you downgraded it again? Well, it does three damage to you. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed the game. Um, the game also, it's designed so that, say you're at like a Gen Con. This is the coolest part of the game. This is the coolest part of the game. Um, if you're somewhere where there are other people playing the game, like you walk, you walk by and you see somebody else with their maiden's quest and they're playing it, you can walk up and be in light and be like, Hey, do you want to go into the co-op for like two rounds? So then you go in together and play together, help each other out. And then when you're done, you'll be like, okay, see you later. And so the game is designed so that you can at any time jump into a cooperative game or jump into a competitive game for as long or as short amount of time as you want. And then go back to playing solo. Yeah. And I think that is really, really cool. Um, you can do if as far as I know, there's not a there's, I guess, a theoretically possible max player count. But if you had like 10 people in line, it, it wouldn't be manageable. But well, I think what you would do is just take turns like I'm going to play with you and then I'm going to play with you. There's a team version of it as well where you can have two people on each team. Mm-hmm. So maximum playing together together would be like four. But if you're in a whole line and everybody's playing it, then you have this chance to like jump in and out with all these different people as you get through your deck. So, I mean, theoretically, if there's an event at Gen Con... For Maiden's Quest. There could be 100 people in that there event. Could. And you could just play that game with 100 people. And it would be really cool because you would just jump in and out of games with people and it would give, you would interact with people. And there are three special cards in the game where when you interact with somebody, you have them sign the, sign the card. They're like epic treasures. Yeah. They sign your card and as they're signed, you can put these cards into your deck and the number of signatures on it unlocks better better things on the card. So it's kind of like a legacy aspect of the game. Yeah, and I think that's actually a pretty cool, because it actually encourages you to get out and play the game with other people. I really think conceptually, this is the coolest game on this list. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. However, my problem with it was, it was a lot of just shuffling through the cards. 
like, okay, item card goes to the back, item card goes to the back. All right, defeated monster goes to the back. And I'm I'm sitting here, I've got like 12 cards in a row that I put at the back before I come yeah, to something. Yeah, and that's that's probably the one part of it. I, I like the game a lot, I'll keep saying that. That is the one part that was frustrating because sometimes my shuffle, I would end up with all the monsters would be towards the back of my deck. Yeah. And I've gone through most of my deck before I get to an obstacle and now I can't beat that obstacle. Yep. So I'm going to get to the very end of that deck and it's going to go to the next round. I'm going to level up and... Yeah, so that was that was where the game can be problematic. Um, but at that point, John, do you just you you just stop playing, put it on a shelf, try it another time. Then when you know, like, hey, I'm going to to Geekway, maybe someone will be there. Take your copy, right, right, and be like, I'm stuck at this boss. Can anyone help me? Right. And that is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, like um, I've played it three or four. Yeah, times I think you're now. three or four times. And I haven't won yet. Uh, I also haven't won, but I've played it. I've only played three, three rounds, mm-hmm. and I also have not won. But I've died in different ways. <laughs> yes, <you> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really like the game. I, I, this is one where I would actually sit, if I'm bored and I don't have anything else to do, I could see saying, okay, I'm going to pull this out and play it for a little bit. It's not going to be something where I'm going to always be like, oh, I'm going to play this game. But I liked it enough that I would continue to play it. I would take it somewhere if I know there's going to be other people playing it or if I knew that there was going to be an, an event where everybody's going to be playing it. I would absolutely go to that event because I think it would be fun. Yeah, I, I halfway agree with you. If I'm going somewhere that I think there are going to be other players, absolutely, I'm going to take it with me and play it. But I don't think that I would just sit at my house and play it. I don't think that I would sit at home and just be like, you know what, I'll pull out Maiden's Quest and just have 40 cards or whatever and just go through until I find something that I can do and then up, uh, failed, put those back up, go through, go through, go through. Oh, well, there's right. something. That's fair. I, I, my completionist curiosity is, I think, what gets me on this one because now I want to, if I can ever beat this one time, because I want to beat the... With the princess I've been, I've been using, with the boss I've been using, I want to see what I can do with the other princesses and the other the other mixtures that you can do. And that's just kind of my curiosity to see the different ways that the decks go together. Um, so I think that's what makes me want to go back to it. I, now I just want to keep playing this one deck and I just want to beat it one time. Just one time. I'd like to beat this deck. I want to either get out or I want to take out the monster. So... So aside from the rulebook issues, which uh, are allegedly going to be addressed in future printings, and the fact that it's, for me, at least a lot of... you Because you're on a time limit here. Not a clock time limit, but, but a round rounds. time limit. So there's uh, one, two, three, four, seven? Uh, seven rounds, I think, yeah. Six or seven. So as you're milling half of your deck each turn, like, okay, here's a bunch of items that I can't do anything with and a bunch of defeated monsters that I have to throw away before I can get to something that I can do. For me, it can be very frustrating to, to know, all right, I've made it through this level of the, of the tower or whatever. Uh, Time to put half of my deck behind because I can't get to anything. My shuffle was super bad. Yeah. But you do the one, the one redeeming thing in that is if you go through, you went through on level two and it, the cards were in a horrible order, you reshuffle your cards at, at the end of each round. So that does help because then, then it, the cards are going to move around and you know, you're not going to be like in Palm Island, the cards never move right. in this one. If you got a bad shuffle, they, it can still be fixed because you can get a good shuffle the next time. 
I guess you could theoretically get one. You just had bad luck. Super bad luck. I've gotten a lot further than you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, I have only once out of the times I've played have I actually died. The other times I got to the final round and just hadn't escaped or beat the monster. Oh, that happened to me once. That happened to me the other once. I died once and just got to the final round and hadn't accomplished what I needed to accomplish um, the other two times. A a few times for me. Okay, I'm on the third tier here. So now this boss can come out and oh, the boss has all of the minions with him that do damage when you lose to the boss. Okay, well, I guess I'm dead. Yeah. Well, and the bosses aren't easy. Like, no, like even the easiest boss is. You have to you have, have ten, 10 items. symbols. They can be any symbol, but you will have. You're not going to have ten of them. Well, you could if you've been doing a really good job of upgrading your cards to where the sure. cards all have like two and three and f- like three symbols on them. Then you, you can. Have, it's possible. Yeah, but you have to have really been nailing it and upgrading those cards. So let's let's hypothetically let's let's run the numbers here. So let's say the maximum amount of symbols that you can have on an item card is three. It is three. Yeah. And you get really lucky. You pull the boss that uh, is that that the t- any is 10. a ten. Yeah. And you pull five cards, and all five of the cards have three symbols. Then you did it. That's fifteen symbols. The odds of that happening are not good. Which is why, and which is why, and when you can you're playing st- the mean, game, you want to upgrade as yeah, much as you can. You can still manipulate things. Like if you have oh, the yeah. diamonds, you can toss those you can out to distract. To you can. Do there some are ways to management. Like, yeah, there's ways to seller cards that are in your hand. Um, and like I said earlier, I was saying. Oh, I mean, they're not bad odds. That's sixty-six percent. Yeah, and earlier I was saying... But it's really not 66% because that's not how probability works. Well, and one of the things I liked, when I was first getting ready to start the game, I was like, okay, so I'm putting all these monsters at the different levels in here, and at the beginning of the game, how am I going to beat the higher levels? Right. It's addressed really well in the fact that if you come across a monster that is above your current level, it just, you cellar it. You don't have to fight those monsters. The monster has to be your level or below for you to have to fight it. So here's how I like to imagine that so that it makes sense. All right, so let's just take Rapunzel, who's not, as far as I know, not she's a character not, in the game. No. Um, but we are all familiar with the story of Rapunzel. You know, she's up there in the tower, let down her hair, whatever. So let's say no one ever comes to rescue her. She's just up there turning her hair into straw? No, she doesn't do that. <laughs> anyway. She, yeah, she's spinning her hair. She's got that sure. magical spinning You're wheel. Mixing and Rumpelstiltskin's there. there, and he's okay. like, hey, don't say my name backwards. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so she's like, all right, I've had it. I'm going to break out of this place. So the boss is, like, on the ground floor. Yeah. Because that's where he lives. And, like, just a bunch of cronies are up at the top. So thematically, as you're coming down the spiral staircase that is the majority of the interior of the tower, you're not going to run into the, the final boss until you, get, until you get down there. So, you know, just, all right, I know that he's in the tower. Put him in the back of the... Yeah. Put him in the cellar. That that thematically makes sense, and I do yeah. like that. I, I thought that was a really good way of addressing levels in just a deck of cards. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really, a really unique, uh, cool concept of a game. Now, and don't get me wrong. I don't hate the game. I think it's, I think it's a really amazing concept. Yeah. I am just real bad at it and have real bad luck. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're super bad at it. Well, um, so yeah, that's um, the two games that you don't have to have a table for. And you know what? I say 100%, even if you haven't ever thought about solo gaming, if you want to just d- dip a toe into the waters of solo gaming, I, that's really Are you telling people to buy Palm Island? 
palm island or my you know give give one of these games a try if you're gonna try solo solo gaming those are some good ones just to jump in and 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 play so anyway that's my little my little thing on those two games all right well, do you want to talk about Friedman Fries's Friday? Sure, let's from do it. Two F Spiel. Uh, I really hope that this, all these filters are doing what they're supposed to be doing, because otherwise that would have sounded really bad. All right. It's a deck builder for Friday. Yeah, it's a, it's deck, a deck builder. builder. It's a solo deck builder. So here's the story. Uh, I'm, I am not convinced that people from our generation are familiar with this story at all. No, they're not. Um. So, Friday, the name of the game, comes from Man Friday, uh, as in, like, how do I explain this without talking down to people? There are two characters in the game. There's Friday, and there's Robinson. Have you figured out what story this is yet, guys? I'll wait while you Google it. <laughs> I'm not Googling it. I'm just looking at it. No, 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 it. not you. I'm our, our, our listener. Sorry, I shouldn't assume, but I, I just I, I just do assume that this isn't a popular story anymore. No, not really. In the like forties, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but it is based on Robinson Crusoe. Because Disney even made that Swiss Family Robinson. Like, yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. So maybe people do know, but I don't know if Friday was in that. Let me Google if well, Friday was in. Oh, well, maybe he was in that. Well, and Friday is basically a character who at first they can't communicate with them and they have to teach him things. And so this kind of flips that. It's it's um, so in this game, Robinson comes like Friday is on has this island to himself and Robinson comes along and he's he's clumsy and he can't do anything. And so Friday, you, the player is fr our Friday is thematically anyway, you want to help Robinson get better at fighting and get better at exploring the jungle and such. Um, right. Cause he's just, um, he's real bad at everything at the beginning. Cause your base deck is crappy. Well, okay. So Johnny, let, let's, let's real talk this. If you crash landed on an Island and there was a native guy there that knew how to do all this stuff, but you were some, I wouldn't know how to do no. it. No. Yeah. Do you know how to make a lean to? No, uh, no, of and course I can't, not. I can't fight a bear or no. whatever. So it's not necessarily that he's, Stupid, but although that is how the game plays it, it's just that he comes from a different world. Well, and and he also ages. Yeah. So because he because well, he gets a he, gr yeah. he grows a beard because yeah. he's there for like and so thematically like the, mechanically the way that works is anytime you have to reshuffle your fighting cards, you add an aging card, and the age cards are all like negative numbers that so make it harder for you yeah. to beat um, obstacles or whatever they call them in the game. Um, so the way the game really mechanically works is you have three decks of cards. Yeah, it's a deck builder. Um, you have one deck of cards that is your, uh, the, the bad things that you have to fight. And those cards are double, like, two sides. Like, they have a top and a bottom. And the top is the thing you're trying to fight. And if you beat it, then it becomes one of your fighting cards that usually are either higher numbers or they have abilities that give you life back or let you switch cards or whatever. So you really want to beat those obstacles for two reasons. Um, one, it's part of how you get through the game. And the other is because you, those become your fighting cards so you can beat the game. Because at the very end of the game, you have to fight two pirates and they are hard. Yeah. So you want to have the best deck possible when you get to those pirates. Alternatively, you could do what I do and just you know play fast and loose and never have to worry about the pirates. Because you, you die way ahead of time. I've played the game three times on the easy setting. And beat it once. I have not tried it on the on the others on the settings um, where you don't take cards out. Uh, 
I think it's a cool game. I don't know that I would play it a lot more, but I, I had challenged myself that I was going to keep playing it till I beat it at least once, and I did. Uh, so I was happy with that. It's, it's a neat game. I can see there's a lot of people that like solo games that suggest Friday, yeah. and I can see why. This is one of the most recommended. And it is a very well-thought-out, solid game. When I was asking for recommendations, almost every single person that I talked to... Said Friday. Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of one that um, didn't know what this game was and kept making jokes about the... The movie. The movie, yeah. Yeah. Which, f- fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if Ice Cube was in a board game, right? It was Ice Cube, right? Yes, it was okay. Ice Cube. <laughs> Not uh, Ice Tea. Correct. It was Ice Cube. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's a very solid game. If you like deck builders and you want to try solo gaming, this is a good one. Um I, I don't really have any negative things to say about the game other than I don't, it's not exactly the kind of game that I'd want to play all the time, but it's, it's very well designed. Yeah. As far as solo game goes, I, I mean, it hits all the, it hits all the scratches. It's not boring. Yeah. Like it, 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 even being solo, like playing by yourself, it keeps you engaged. There is some press your luck element in this game where you can pay to. So, Okay. What you do... Yes, John D. explain. When you have, like, an obstacle or whatever that you're trying to fight, it has a number that you have to beat. And then it tells you how many free cards that you get to bring out, like, free fight cards you can bring out. So, like, say you have one uh, on phase one, because there's three different phases where the monsters get harder. So you're on phase one, you have a card that you have to get at least four. And it lets you bring out three cards. Yeah. You get to pull out your, your fight cards, and they will have numbers on them anywhere from negative one up to, like, four. And when you're de- at the very beginning of the game, your deck is full of zeros and negatives. So hitting a four. Yeah, that makes sense. Because at the beginning of if you wash up on an island at the beginning, yeah. you're not going to know how to make a radio out of that coconut. Yeah. But you absolutely in those early, early phase, you really, really want to challenge those as much as you can because and the, and the better cards, because you really want to make your deck get better. And so it's. Uh, ri- you know, risk versus reward. And I really like the ones that are a uh, challenge level of zero. And um, and then you pull out a negative yep, one. You still can't do them. <laughs> and and you lose health. When you lose health, it's the difference between the number you have and the number you need to meet. So if you have one and you need to meet a four, you'll lose three health. The good thing about that is you get to trash a ca- one card you, you can trash one card for each health that you lost if you didn't beat your obstacle. Yeah, throw away all those negatives. So you can, you can get those negatives and those zeros out of your deck to make it easier. And that's what I did the time I finally won. I just kept challenging the higher cards and, and getting rid of those negatives and the zeros so that when I got to the end of the game, I mostly had ones, twos, threes, and some fours. So, you know, I th- it's a cool game. I like it. I don't know how many more times I'll play it, um, but I'm glad I played it. I I rather quite enjoyed it. Um, As did I. I didn't have any specific, like, oh, I hate this mechanic about this game. Yeah, me either. Which I think... The rule book's well done. I think that speaks a lot to the quality of this game. I agree. Um, now, there are some Freedom Freezer games that are... that have some, let's say, ambitious design choices that don't quite work out. This one I don't think had anything really that I was like, oh, God, this is There's really no broken. There's no glaring things that, that, you know, 
bug you about the game. The rule book is well done. You can very easily, it, it lines out how to set up the game. It's very easy. You just go through the steps and you can pretty much sit down and start playing. It's a quick rule book, so you don't have to read a lot. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any major complaints about this one. No, I mean, this is the same designer that did Power Grid and a, a lot of other games. And usually he's pretty good about not having just like really stupid things in the game that really just take you out of it. And I, I, yeah, I don't really keeps, have anything bad no, to say about this. It keeps you engaged. And, you know, I would think for a solo game, that's kind of hard to do. Yeah. And this yeah, I one, mean, look at Strawberry Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one, um, it's definitely worth adding to your collection, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Although you're not going to pick it up. Well, now I've played it, so I don't need it. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I see it somewhere, I might pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, so I can try to beat my original score when I actually did beat it. Um, and there's like several pirate cards that you and you pick two randomly, so it's going to be a little bit different. When well, you yeah, and play. and there's other cards that you don't use all of every game. Yeah. So yeah, it it can be. Probably has some good resale value. Uh, resale Re value. Replay, replay value. Sorry, replay I was looking value. at the how much it cost to buy. It's twenty dollars. I think I got it. There's an app like, for four bucks. There's an app. Yeah. Oh, cool! I'm totally downloading the app. I would. Oh, oh my god! I'll totally play it on an app. Yeah. Whoop! Drop my phone, guys. Oh, I dropped it on this hammer too. Well, I dry. I fine. messed up my phone this week. It's all broken. So, um. All right. Now let's get to the. The dice games. The, the the super hard dice games. To be fair, one of these games, I... You had better luck than I did. Yes. But it's dice, so, you know, I could play it again and, and play have, exactly the same way and right, have horrible... Right. Let's, let's just get into them. Hostage Negotiator. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, I did too. From Van it. Ryder Games. Um, it, it is... Technically a one-player only game, although if you have Hostage Negotiator and the big box expansion that is also a storage solution, there's an unofficial sort of halfway endorsed co-op game. No idea how it works. I don't know tried that it. I'd want to play it. I think I would want to stick with this one solo. Um, well, so the guy, the guy that worked for them at their booth was like, hey, this exists we acknowledge that it exists and we're going to tell you about it. There's a co-op game, whether or not you try it. Um, I don't know exactly where that is because I do not see it in the files on board game geek. So I don't know if it's on their website, whatever. Yes. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the one player only version. So Jared, um, how is hostage negotiator played? Well, let me finish my sales pitch here. John D you can buy either the base game or the expansion game and they, are both full games. Yeah, it's a standalone expansion. And mix and match parts. There's also an app. We were talking about how it would be great as an app. It is an app. There is an app. Totally getting that up too. Uh huh. That's what I. Because I love as as we uh, established when we did the app episode. I really like playing board games on on like yeah. digital. So I'll be grabbing both of these. I want to force this game down people's throats. Oh yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> It's really cool. Um, the, their, their playing time here is estimated about 20 minutes. I'd say that's, that's, that's pretty right. spot on. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the actual game. The mechanics, yes. The mechanics of the game. Um, okay, so in the base game, there's three abductors. There's the like recommended easy guy, I guess, um, Arcane, 
who has uh, one major demand, one escape demand. There's also a guy that has all that he wants is he's, he's taken a hospital hostage because he needs his son to have some kind of operation. Um, and John D was telling me there's a Denzel Washington movie. That's that plot. That is that exact I, I have plot, no idea yes. what that movie is. I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, it's going to bug me. I can't remember the name of it. And then there's a, there's a, a third lady that I don't know anything about. I hadn't looked at her cards and um, there are different people in the uh, standalone expansion, Crime Wave, which is what John D has been playing, um, uh, which, again, I can't speak to because I have not looked at those cards. The, the movie is called John Q. Mm, OK. Well, I have never heard of that. It's a uh, John Quincy Archibald takes a hospital emergency room hostage when his insurance won't cover his son's heart transplant. Um, yeah, that's. That sounds like pretty much what this game has. Um, anyway, so when you you set up, you pick the abductor, you look at what his setup requirement is. So for Arcane, he gets one major demand, one escape demand. He has seven hostages, and he starts at a level four, which is like his friendliness level. So he can either get angrier and harder to deal with or like, you know, like, okay. Like he's, 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 listening, he's listening to you. Yeah. Working together. Yeah. And then it gets easier. And that is what determines how many dice you roll. So on your turn, you've got a, a hand of cards. You can have 10, I think, up to up the maximum. To 10, but yes. I don't know how you're going to get to 10. Oh, God, no. At the beginning of the game, I guess it's it could be possible if you do some really good talking, you could maybe get there. But So you pick some cards. You're like, okay, I've got uh, what is your demand? I'm going to play that. I'm going to roll some dice. And if I succeed really well, this happens. If I only moderately succeed, this happens. If I fail, fail, this happens. And some of those failures are pretty bad. Like a hostage dies because yeah. he's like, all right, you, you're just screwing around. I'm going to show you how serious I am. Kill a hostage. Kill a hostage. And some of them just make you lose what are the conversation points, which, which are is what you currency. use. It's the currency. Or some of them will make him like thematically, he's getting more ticked off about what you're saying. And so you have to increase the threat level. Yeah. So, you know, you go through, you've got cards, you play them to get conversation points to lower his, the threat level so that it becomes easier to roll dice. Use your conversation points to buy more cards that you can use on future rounds that, again, lower the threat level, get you more talking. There's, I don't remember the name of the card. There was a card I really liked um, that comes back into your hand at the end of, the, at the end of your turn. When you play the card, it comes back into your hand. Mm. I liked that one a lot. I mean, so, there were still conditions where I would lose it, but... So we have different... We, we've played different games yes. here because you played Crime Wave, which is the standalone expansion, and I played just the base game. And the the negotiators are different. Mm-hmm. I, I Mechanically, I assume they work pretty much Similarly, the same, yes. but they have a little bit of different to make them yeah. special and unique. Um. I don't know. That I, I guess they have names. Each, each of the cards that you get have names, yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, like, the negotiators have names. I don't think so, because the negotiator is you. Well, because, like, the... Um, I guess that promo card was from buying it at their booth. But that the girl from Crime Wave has a name, at least. She has that card that has the special abilities. There's an optional variant that you can play with um, special cards, and once per game you can activate them. But uh, I haven't played with them, so I don't know exactly I didn't how even they work. I did that, so. 
Um, are you sure that's not one of the little expansion packs? It might be a promo. It might just be promos. Okay, because I don't think that was in my game. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what all is included in the retail releases at this point. Yeah, because I just ordered mine off Amazon. Mm-hmm. So now um, you said that you had an email that that had set up like a campaign. Oh mode? yes, and this is on Board Game Geek now as well in the forums. It is um, a mini three year career for hostage negotiator career, which is the Kickstarter that is starting this week. I'm totally backing it. Uh, I think it's Thursday, the 25th. Is that how calendars work? Which is after we're recorded. So whatever. We can't talk about it this time. Maybe maybe on the next one we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, the, the nice thing about the mini campaign is that it is none of this... None of this will be in the base, in the in the actual release. So none of the cards, none of the story events, none of it. So you get a unique experience, and you won't get spoilers. But it'll have the same mechanics. Um, the rules and the structure will be the same. So you'll have a character sheet. I'm sorry, a career sheet. And you start with a rank. You can work your way up. You start. There's officer, detective, sergeant, lieutenant, captain. So. You have a 10-year plan. Yeah. A 10-year plan, yeah. So you start at year one. You do some stuff. You're not good. Um, but you have a campaign deck. So, okay, what does that mean? Well, to be completely honest, I don't actually know because we haven't done this yet. We're totally doing it, though. We are going to do it, absolutely. Um, so in the first year, you add Arcane, Edward, Donna, and someone else to the deck. I can't quite read what this is. So what do you have picture. to have all the expansion packs to I do believe this? so. Because I don't have them. Right. Well. I can get them. Yeah. They're on Amazon. And you could just use what you have just to get an idea of how this works. Because right. when, well, if we're when doing this comes this, out. We're doing this. We're doing this 100%. <laughs> that's fair. But you know when this comes out, everything that you need for it is going gonna, gonna right. to be supplied and it might be like, all right, well you need this abductor from the base game. Yeah. Or from Crime Because they're gonna expect you to have the, yeah. one of the base games. Yeah, they will. Um okay. I'm excited about it. I think it's gonna be super fun. Yeah. So you've made your campaign deck. Um and then it's got kind of like a choose your own adventure thing. So you report in to the station for your first day of work. What do you do? You check the bulletin board for anything of interest or do you head outside for a smoke? So what I love about this, and this is what I assume the expansion is going to have. Do you remember in the 1980s when you had like, mm, so for me, it was the Family Feud board game, but maybe also it was in other games where you had like the red and blue text all over, e- all over each other. So you oh, couldn't see what it was. And you had to put the, like the we red piece of plastic. We had a game called Password that was like that. Did I just have a mini stroke? or did the- I think you had a mini stroke. So the light, that light didn't flicker. No. Okay, had a mini stroke. Great. Maybe because I was waving my arm around. Probably. Okay, so password, sure. So I guess theoretically you could stare at this and be like, all right, this says. If you want to be a dirty cheater. Well, whatever. Um, but yeah, so you're supposed but to choose one. Game, so you're only screwing yourself right. out of an experience. So. You choose one, put your red filter over it. Or if you're looking at this on Board Game Geek, you click the spoiler button and, you know, they've. Um, shown you what it says okay so cool so you choose one of those things you flip the card over and there's a crisis oh no this one specifically is draw a campaign abductor card so 
what, whatever one you've got, whichever abductor is on the top of the deck. That's your job for right now. You go, you deal with that. You do a game of hostage negotiator with that abductor, and then you mark your result on the career sheet. I think that sounds so cool. That's as far as they've they've gotten so far. So the campaign will be continued once the hostage negotiator career Kickstarter launches April 30th. Okay, sorry. So um, April 30th is when it'll be. Monday. No, next Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, you keep playing until... We are so doing this. Till you're 10. Yeah. 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 What, what have we not talked about about this game? Uh, the terror cards. Terror cards. They're kind yes. of a, they're kind of a timer for the end of the game. If you haven't met the conditions. So in order to win the game, you have to take out, you either have to kill or capture the abductor. Well, you also have to save, and you have to save at least, you know, save more than half of the, yes. of the hostages. Yes, half half or more. So if it's eight, if you save four of them, or do you have to save five? I think of you them? have to save five of them. Okay, I, I'd have to go go back. I'd and have look. to double check on that but one. But those are the conditions. If you have not done that by the time there are you get to the last card in the terror deck, which is you you, you flip over a new terror card in each round of the game. Right, and it comes with a bunch of them, so they're going to be different every time yeah, you play. They are. And then there's the pivotal one, which also is, is different, is different every like time you play. There's like a few different ones in the deck. So if you get to that pivotal one, though, in that final round, the only it's the only round that you are allowed to use your conversation points and pick cards during. Because this is it. Yeah, this is your final this negotiation. This is the standoff. The, the abductor is like really ticked off and you're really working hard in this final few minutes to see if you can get the hostages free. Or if you're playing the way that I've been playing, you've already saved all the hostages and you're just leading him on. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, we got that helicopter coming right away, buddy. Yeah, that helicopter's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, so, all, it's on the way, yeah. man. So in that final round, you can buy cards and put them straight into your hand and use them. And you can do that as much as you as much as you want until you just don't have any points left. Uh, so the tar- tarot cards are your timer, and every time you flip over a tarot card, something bad's going to happen. Uh, sometimes it's not horrible, and sometimes it super sucks. Oh, almost always. Yeah, like it's like a hostage dies, or the terror level goes up by two. Um, it, it's yeah, it's a. Uh, you're flipping over that tarot card and you're like, oh God, oh God, what's it going to be now? Yeah. It's um, a great game. It's such it, a great it is, game. It is. And there's a lot. Uh, there, so much replay. There's these like foil packs that add new. I'm going to order all those. Either new demands or they're new abductors. Yeah. Or, there's like five or six of them. Yeah. And, and in the upcoming Kickstarter, if you are missing any of the promo cards, I've been led to believe they will be available. So there's some like dice tower promo cards and some secret cabal cards that, you know, maybe you didn't back their kickstarters, but they're going to make them available as add-ons. Cool. Yeah. This is a great game. I love it. It's probably my favorite one of all the ones. I don't know. It's tied I don't know. for it's me tied with the next with one, the, with the next one mm-hmm. which we can, that, that was yeah. a good, I, I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that I have a lot more to say about a hostage negotiator, but um, yeah, let's we'll, just we'll revisit this at an, in another episode when yeah. we talk about like legacy games and stuff. Yeah. So um, and uh, Van Rider Games, if if for some reason you listen to this and you want, uh, you know, you want me to produce a video series where I play through the entire career campaign. Okay. Um, Plug in twist my arm. <laughs> yeah. So the next one, which I also loved so much, I played Jared's copy and I loved yeah. the game so much that you I bought immediately it. bought it. And I do want to reiterate something that. Uh, 
that he has been, that the designer of this game has been really drilling in, into people's heads. When he runs out, he runs out. He is not doing any more copies of this game. If you want a copy of this game after you hear us talk about it or... Go get it. Yeah, just because once once he's done, he's done. So... Deep Space D6. It's a really cool oh, dice game. it's great. Game. It's awesome. Yes, um, it's, it's another little, dice game. It's, a little, it's not expensive. Uh, what is it, like 20 I paid 30 bucks? bucks and I got the expansion and the... It was like $33 with shipping and everything. Yeah. So... So... Okay. If you Google this game and you look at it, you're going to be like, oh, this game looks like a crappy 1980s game. It's, it's supposed so good. to. It's supposed to. And it, it's the so art good. is supposed to look like one of those choose your own adventure books from from, from the 80s. So like the the box kind of looks like a beat up library copy of a choose your own adventure book. Yeah, it does. Uh, mine has some shipping damage with, you know, I if think you want to see what the game look. looks like, you can also go to my Instagram. I posted a picture from playing the game. Yeah. John D. What's that? Insta? Ginger John D. Is there an underscore there? No. Okay, cool. All one word. And yeah. And I'll try to post one on our, our on our Instagram. As yeah. Well. Uh, so you are in a spaceship. You are trying to survive because that's what you do in a spaceship. Yeah. Fighting things and... So there are a couple of different ships that come in the box. Uh, Johnny and I have both only played with like the normal, like the beginner one. The Halcyon, I think is... Halcyon is one of the ships. I think it's this one. I guess I could look it up. Um, but basically, you roll dice. You assign them to workstations. You reveal threat cards. You resolve the threat cards. And you rinse and repeat until you have cleared out the entire threat deck and have not died. Um, which is real hard, guys. Uh, super hard. It's real hard. Because, I don't know if you know this, but space is super dangerous. Now, having, having an illustrious career as a stay-at-home astronaut, I can tell you about how dangerous space is. There's... Um, laser guns and uh, swamp gas. What was it? It wasn't swamp gas. It was like a uh, nebula. Solar, 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 wave. solar wind. Solar wave. Oh yeah. Solar wind. So um, your ship's going to blow up and there's not a whole lot you can do about it, guys. As long as you know that going in, as long as you know about space, when you play this game, it's fine. Some of the uh, encounter cards are pretty awful. So, okay. So let's break this down step by step. Step by step. You roll the dice. You've got six crew dice, seven crew dice, something somewhere around that number. You roll them. Depending on what ship you are playing with, they do different things, so I'm not going to go into that. Um, I'm sure if you want to know that, there's probably YouTube videos that just will walk you through all that stuff, or you can um, look at the rules online. So, okay, you've, you've rolled all your crew dice. Oh, but some of them have to go to the scanners because, haha, you, the luck of the roll, you are locked out of using those dice. So whatever, you put them there. Assign your other guys. All right, great. So lasers, go. Shoot lasers. You deal with some of the threats that you've got. New threat comes out. And then Machikoro style, because I think Machikoro is a good yeah. reference yeah, for this. Yeah, I think so. You roll the threat die, and any of the active threats that you have out will trigger 
if they have that number of pips on them. So some of them are real bad. Like one of them I think is like two, three, four, five, six. You roll anything but a one, it'll it'll go off. And it's like this big capital ship that shoots you for like three damage. So maybe you want to focus on getting rid of that. Uh, yeah. And shoot some laser guns at it. Cool. So you've assigned your weapons or whatever, you shoot it. But, um, you know, it's space. And I don't remember if you listened to my rant about space, but it's real dangerous, guys. So more threats come out. You roll the threat die. You die. <laughs> Assign workers. Reveal threats. Activate threats repeatedly until you make it through the entirety of the threat deck. And I think it's like 60 cards. That's a lot of cards. And that when you're when you're realizing that your health is going down super quick, you look over at that deck that's still like super full and you're just like, I'm never going to I can't do this. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult. And if you survive that entire deck, then you get to have an encounter with the Aurora Boris evil enemy spaceship. Oh, God. Right, uh, and you just see it looming up there. You see that card just sitting up there? Because I, I think I pulled, it came off the threat deck pretty early in the game for me, so it's just sitting up there going, ha-ha, if you manage to survive, I'm going to get you. Yeah, there's two ways to play it. You can either have the Ouroboros cards separate from the deck and just pull them out when you're done with the threat deck, or you can put it in the threat deck and reveal it's it slowly. It's the same either way. It's the same. It's still going to sit up there and taunt you. I I just go ahead and mix it in because whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, functionally, it's the same. It's just more like, oh God, it's coming. It's coming. And there's also some really great cards where nothing happens. But unfortunately, there are not very many of those. No. There's six in the easy game and you can adjust the difficulty by taking them out. Oh God, I can't even imagine. I know. <laughs> game is hard. I know. And there's like three different boards or four different I think boards. Four. Like so you can kind of change up and the the other boards are harder. Uh it's I loved it. There's a couple of fan made ones too, like the uh, Enterprise. Shut up. There's an and oh you know I'm gonna have to It's in to, the files section on, on BGG. Totally gonna have to try that. Mm-hmm. So I can blow up the Enterprise. I'm really good at blowing up the Enterprise. I do it in uh, Panic, Star Trek Panic, too. Blow, blow the thing up. Yeah, right sky. John D., um, you know you're not supposed to do that. I know, but I end up doing it anyway. Send all of your Star Trek Discovery Season 3 spoilers to John D. No, shh. shh. Season, uh, season 3. Th- yeah, they I mean, greenlit it. Yeah, they did. It's happening. I know. All right, send all your Season 2 spoilers no, to her. No, I still have two episodes to watch. <sighs> I already told her about the part where... Um, what did I tell you? That you told me Saru Spock made and Saru make out. I think that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's just, it was just so sad when um, when y- Yafet from the Orville had that little you know Easter egg guest appearance. Yep. Um, okay. So anyway, those are those are the solo games, and uh, I I used to say I'm not interested in playing solo games ever, and now I'm. My opinion has changed some. I mean, I'm still not going to convert to a uh, no, solo player. I'm not going to be like a solo gamer, but there are definitely, I see the appeal. Yeah. And there are definitely some solo games there where I'm like, yeah, I'm playing this some more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad that we did this. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, here's the segue. We we're talking about how dangerous space is. We've got a Kickstarter that is uh, about space. It's set in space, insofar as that everything is set in space, if you think about it in that kind of way. Although Mars, I think, is a little bit more space than um, not Mars. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, Eagle Griffin has. I'm sorry. I guess they're they're just Eagle Games now. Well, no, because it still says Eagle Griffin here. All right. Well, Eagle Griffin has a new game on Kickstarter. It still has a little bit of time left on Mars. Uh, and if you know anything about Eagle Griffin games, you know that these games are overproduced and have super beautiful components more than they probably need to. Uh, and you always want the deluxe version oh, if they yeah. offer one. Yeah. So the, the story here is uh, following the success of unmanned rover missions, the United Nations established the Department of Operations and Mars Exploration. So there are. Uh, settlers on Mars. It's the year 2037. It's kind of ambitious. I don't think that we'll make it there by time. Um, in the decades after establishment, private exploration companies have begun to work on creating self-sustaining colonies. So you are one of those enterprises and your goal is to um, have the best colony. So terraforming Mars only plays differently. Mm, yeah. Same yeah. theme. It's the same, same basic idea. idea. Yeah. Your company, you're trying to terraform Mars. Yeah. You have to kind of balance between constructing mines, powering generators. Um, there's water. You it have seems to worry to be a about. bit of a re- maybe resource management. Yes. Um, yes. It looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously I haven't played the game yet, but I, I just love like look at the, look how many meeples it comes with. It comes with astronaut meeples, robot meeples, rocket ship meeples, rover meeples, colonist meeples, scientist meeples. I mean, and they're they they're all like silk screen design. There's half of the budget for this game right there. Well, and here's the great thing I think about Eagle Griffin is uh, if you're somebody that didn't get in on the Kickstarter one, even their retail version of games are always very well yeah. produced and very good components. And it's not like you're going to go, oh, man, those Kickstarter people got a way better game. You're still getting a good game. Yeah. And often with their games, they still have a lot of supply to sell at conventions of, yeah. of their deluxe versions. Now, you may not get all the promo cards, but you're still going to get. But all these cool meeples come in oh, not del- Yeah, it means oh, so cool. Yeah, and they're and they're not just like a piece of wood that's shaped like something. They have like yeah, like the the rover meeple. Even if it didn't have silk screen, you would still be able to tell. Yeah, but I love the silk screen on these meeples. It's yeah. so cool. It has a really nice, a nice pop to it. Yeah, like the, yeah, this game's. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It looks really good, and um, you know it is a little expensive. Ninety bucks. Yep. Um, but I mean, you're definitely there's a lot in this game. Like I can yeah. see why it's a hundred dollar game. Yeah. I suspect it'll be a hundred dollar game at retail. I I would say probably one hundred and twenty. Possible, yeah. But we're not here to speculate. We're just here to tell you. Um, it looks cool. That it looks cool. <laughs> if you like space games and that kind of stuff, definitely or resource management, check it out. All right. Well, we'll Johnny, link with the episode. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. Okay. I don't have anything to plug. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Nope. So, Jared. Until yeah. next time. Until next time, Johnny. Uh, don't forget to go to Geekways. Tickets are already sold out. But if you didn't get tickets, you can eat chit and dice.
Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international. Uh, also, if you're listening to this right when it comes out and you live in or near the Nashville area, you should go to Nashville Tabletop Day. We'll be there. We'll be there. Come play some not solo games with us. Because, you know, we don't want to be sad sitting at a table by ourselves playing solo games. <laughs> right. Well, that that song from the Incredible Hulk TV series plays. You know the one. The one where he's walking down the road. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, so the, like, super sad. Yeah, piano music. If you're not at least our age, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> we're not talking about the Avengers Incredible no. Hulk. No, like the really bad one. The Lou Ferrigno yeah. <laughs> uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Okay, well, Johnny, see you later. Go collect your husband and... Go get some dinner. Bye forever. Bye.